Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. We are on episode 26 of the Lead Your Life podcast. And today we are going to be talking all about emotional intelligence. And for some of you, may you may not know what emotional intelligence is, and you'll learn something today. For those of you that do know, I still think you'll learn something today because my guest today has a lot to offer. But let me just get into a couple of things. You know, when we talk about emotional intelligence, I know we all know people who are brilliant at what they do. They're gifted. They're smart. We've all had them on our teams. And yet they have trouble connecting to other people. They have trouble being a part of the team. They have trouble building relationships. And typically the reality is those people don't elevate to leadership. Because to be a good leader, you have to have self-awareness, you have to have self-control, you have to have self-motivation, you also have to have social awareness, which is being socially aware about how others are reacting to what you're saying and how your message is landing. So I'm super excited to have my guest on today because she's really going to dive deep into this topic and she provides so much wisdom and inspiration. So... Without further ado, I want to introduce you to Sabina Anthony. She's a leadership coach. She's a certified emotional intelligence practitioner. She's also a happiness consultant and an energy medicine practitioner. And she is focused on creating powerful transformations through empowered expressions of the self. And not only does she deliver great insights and she gives great education, she really talks about how to put into practice emotional intelligence. So I invite you to listen in to everything Sabina has to share. And maybe you think about how you can be more self-aware about your own emotions. And also, I invite you to think about how you can share your emotions more. Sabina talks about how everyone has emotions, but not everyone knows how to share them. So I invite you to listen in and think about one person this week that you will share your emotions with. So on that note, let's dive in. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Sabina, I am so glad you're here today. Thank you for coming on and talking about emotional intelligence. Thank you, Natalie. I'm stoked to be here. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here with you and your audience. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we dive into the topic, I would love for you just to share with my listeners a little bit about you, your background, what you do for work, and um, how you came to be so interested in emotional intelligence. Lovely. I have solid experience of 20 years in people, culture, and learning and development. So I was always interested in working with leaders and creating programs for leaders. I would say my interest in emotional intelligence came more on the practical side. So while there is so much scientific data and research on emotional intelligence, I was like, all that's fine, honey, but (laughs) you know what? How does it help me? how can I use it in my everyday life? And more importantly, how can the people I work with use it? Because that's where more my, you know, interest was the work life. So emotional intelligence was like a natural bridge for me, helping leaders build trust, empathy, and compassion. So I started building programs. And it's so funny that I was building one of the, uh, one of the slides and it said, you know, thoughts lead to feelings feelings lead to actions, actions lead to behavior, and behavior leads to impact. And I created the slide, I closed, I went back, and when I opened it, I was like, whoa, hold on, hang on, something more here, Yeah. right? 
And I went digging into it. So that slide literally took me on a spin. And I went into emotional intelligence. I started learning more about it. What I did is when I started practicing it on myself, I was in a fit. I was like, oh, oh, I had so much to offer on this. I started building programs on emotional intelligence, teaching people about more self-awareness, more about self-regulation, because my work revolves around the self. So while my experience stays on the corporate side, I love working with youth. I love working with teenagers, especially helping them navigate their emotions. I think we need more of that today. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, especially as we're recording this, I'm not sure when people will listen, but, you know, we're also in the middle of a global pandemic. And so people's emotions are high. And it was really one of the reasons why I asked you to come on to the podcast to really talk about this, because um, first of all, I believe so much in emotional intelligence. I believe it's so needed in leadership, in organizations. Um, and I also believe that our, our youth and our teens and our young people really need really need this information. So thank you for sharing all of that. And thank you so much for being here. Um, can you share with the audience, you know, what is emotional intelligence? And can you just give us a, a peek under the hood? I know there's a lot of information out there, but if you could just kind of break it down for us, that would be really helpful. Emotional intelligence is understanding our head, understanding our heart, and how those two interact with each other. Honestly, there has been so much work on emotional intelligence, like you just said. Uh, I really feel that it's been around for ages. We've just given the term emotional intelligence maybe in the late 90s when um, Peter Salavoy and Mayer came down with the term. And Daniel Goleman, he's the one who went ahead and popularized emotional intelligence. If you go to define emotional intelligence, it's as simple as recognizing, understanding, and being aware of your emotions and recognize, understand, and influence the emotions of others. For me, honestly, I have to see how it's applied, right? Because that's where, you know, it makes sense to me. So I'm going to look at how do I manage my emotions and how can I help that build relationships with others influencing their own emotions? So emotional intelligence doesn't stick in one place. You know, it's not like, oh, get your head right and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Get your heart right and you'll be fine. It is that beautiful beautiful intersection or marriage between the two. When the two come together, there's harmony. There's a good married life. That's what I call it. I love, okay, I love that. And I'm going to play just devil's advocate here for a little bit, right? So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people that think, um, okay, I hear you, Sabina. Um, I hear that emotional intelligence, intelligence is important. However, I don't think feelings and I don't think all this heart stuff is important in an organization. What would you say to that? Absolutely. And I've heard that, Natalie. When I started building programs years ago, you know, people called me the woo-woo leader (laughs) and they left me there um, because they thought I would tell them to go sit on a rock and then or under a tree. (laughs) So definitely you know, emotional intelligence, just because it has the word emotional in it, doesn't put it to a place of, you know, being soft, or in a way, it's not important in an organization. So let's look at, you know, some research. Well, people have done enough research between intelligence, which is IQ and EQ. And we've realized that anybody with a average IQ will outperform anyone with a high IQ 70% of the time. So 90% of high performers are also high in emotional intelligence, which goes to say that if you really want to be successful in work or in life, 80% is emotional intelligence and 20% is IQ. Well, that's a big difference talking about being you know, a great performer or even climbing the corporate ladder at your work. That's a heavy difference between the two. So when you look at the science behind emotional intelligence, you will start learning about 
brain science and neuroscience and how your brain you know produces chemicals that impact the way your your brain gets hijacked and it goes ahead and impacts your emotions and i just talked about thoughts impact feelings and feelings impact behavior so the whole cycle starts in your brain with the chemicals released in your brain i know by reading emotional intelligence or practicing it for a week or a month you may never get good at it and you might say you know what this is so woo woo i don't see myself doing that but you like everything else you have to give it time you don't shed your weight in a day it takes time mm-hmm. you can't change your emotions or the way you've been conditioned between your heart and head in a day it takes time and you have to give it the deserved time Yeah, so I love what you're sharing and I I love that you're sharing that, you know, someone with an average IQ will outperform someone with a higher IQ and the differential between that is their emotional intelligence. So Sabina, I love what you talked about when you when we first started because you're all about, you know, taking the insight but putting it into action. So, can you share with us some examples? Now that we understand what emotional intelligence is, can you share with us some examples of how does it show up in the workplace? How does it show up in relationships? What does it look like in practice? Sure. So I'll talk about some examples and then we'll go go ahead and talk about the framework of emotional intelligence because that's what it'll lead into. In the workplace, it's going to show up as emotions being un- misunderstood. So anger, frustration, or um defensiveness commun- miscommunication between two people when they are not in the same page uh let's talk about teams and departments sales not understanding what operations wants to say <laughs> and it not understanding what operation wants so it is that big of a disconnect in organizations i know that there've been plenty of research that's done where it states the amount of money that it costs so people not having enough emotional intelligence within a business is a significant amount of time because you're going to go spend time trying to explain and over explain and the end product is not what you expect so you go back into the cycle of explaining non explaining the time that is spent in between that equals to the money that it costs the business right let's talk about home parent child husband mm-hmm. wife between partners brother sister mom and dad uh look at the communication look at where where it breaks down how many teenagers in my work with teenagers either they're suppressed they're not allowed to speak or the the freedom is so much and they're not given enough feedback at the appropriate time or maybe the feedback that came to them it didn't come from a place of understanding what's going on with them right because we know teenage is such a whole another topic of discussion but what's happening there is confusion and while adults have been through that phase of confusion they went through it on autopilot because their parents were autopilot and now they don't have enough to give the kids to let them know or help them understand the confusion so in all areas of life and at work emotional intelligence shows up in so many ways yeah i i completely agree with you and this show is definitely about the holistic person and so i i'm glad you brought up you know parents and children and relationships because i really want to cover all of it today so can you talk about the framework and what it looks like and can you break it down for us sure um i'm going to break it down from a from a place of where it makes total sense there are plenty of models we have different authors out there but when i look at emotional intelligence i'm going to look at two framework one is the framework of self and the other is the framework of social so i call it self competence and social competence um the self competence is further broken down into self awareness self regulation and motivation and the social competence is broken down into social awareness and empathy now when we talk about the self um you know there is so much that goes on with self awareness itself and self awareness is nothing but being able to understand where your emotions are where is it coming from 
you know, simple question like, what am I doing? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Why am I having this conversation? Right? Those are those questions that we probably don't ask ourselves enough. Or we're so much on autopilot. We have a to-do list. We have Trello boards and Asana boards, and we love checking them <laughs> off. Right. Um, we don't have time and space for those questions. Even if you have time and space to ask that question, sometimes you don't have the competence. Okay, I can ask the question, what do I do with the answer? How do I regulate it? And that's where your self-regulation comes into place, which is also called self-control, is once you're aware of your emotion, how do you go ahead and regulate that? And, you know, when people say it's woo-woo, they say, oh, she's talking about, you know, suppressing your emotion. She's talking about put it under the rug and under the carpet. And that's not what regulation is. It's redirecting. It's managing that emotion. It's putting it in a place where it's productive, where it has a positive impact, and it takes you to a place where you can make progress. And of course, you know, um, motivation, we all need that. And self-motivation is so important. So unless you regulate your emotion, you can't motivate yourself to move or to shift into a place that you need to. The social competence, I think once you understand yourself, you know, you know, your emotions, you know where your feelings are, you understand your thoughts, it's very easy to go ahead and find look for that in others. And I feel that, you know, while we are always in the place of giving, so we'll go into, oh, how much can I give or how much do I need to build my social competence? Um, red flag, let's build self first and then move into social competence. But social competence is being able to recognize the same things that you would recognize in yourself, recognize it in others, so you can build relationships and come from a place of empathy and more compassion. So that in general is the framework of emotional intelligence. Yeah, Sabina, thank you so much for sharing that. It's so illuminating, right? To And I think it's backwards, uh, especially for um, a lot of women. I think so many women are so focused on the outer of how can I help, how can I support, how can I give to everyone else. And I love what you just said of, you know, what you need to redirect the awareness and you really need to start with the awareness with yourself. And so let's take a, it's interesting because it, it just came up in one of the the women's groups that we're doing. Uh-huh. Um so there's a woman in the group that is working in a culture that doesn't really fit with her. She's very empathetic. The culture is very cutthroat. And mm. so she's really struggling because part of the culture of the company is for them to give consistent feedback and feedback always has to include something positive and something constructive which we'll just call negative, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so um, no matter what, it has to come in that form. And so in that environment, she just she doesn't feel it's not in alignment for her. She doesn't feel seen. She doesn't feel heard. And I think her and other women in that situation, and I say women, I'm generalizing, I think there's times where you might feel emotional about maybe some feedback that you got or constructive, you know, criticism. What do you do with that at work when maybe there's something that doesn't go right and you feel like you want to cry? And so how does all that play into emotional intelligence? You know, Natalie, thank you so much for asking that question. That is so common. Um, I think not only in your work life, it's more evident in your work life because there's no place for an outlet. Um, I think in personal life, you'll find a way to, you know, go ahead and get an outlet for yourself. So I'm going to share, you know, I, I love this acronym that I created for myself. And honestly, you can create any acronym that you want. And it's called BOFEMENI, which is B O F E M A. N-I-E. Let's break it down. So BO is body scan. And I love this and I highly recommend this for anyone who even wants to start finding out, hey, what is emotion? Where is it, right? So body scan is checking your body for places it stores or holds on to tension or stress. So things like tightness, pain, sore muscles or aches or heaviness. 
you'll be surprised if you do that more than often how quickly you can you can scan your body and say i was not feeling that 5 minutes ago and i suddenly feel that and it's sharp or it's poking so body scan is really really important and it's really quick once you learn that um mm-hmm. you know that technique mm-hmm. the other is you know feelings fe stands for feelings and feelings is a practice you start observing so you want to start observing your positive feelings what are the things that really make you happy or take you on a high and start making a note of it start making a note of the people who contribute to that start making a note of situations that contribute to that and it could be personal or professional you know whatever on the other side you can also start making a note of the feelings that send you into a spin you know and honestly those are triggers right that's what we call it mm-hmm. is what triggers you what did he or she say that kind of made you feel wow you know it sent you to 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 right at the bottom right um make a note of that and see if it's people or situation that are contributing to that the next one is ma which is magic mirror i love it because it's it's fun and magic mirror is catching yourself with that negative self talk so negative self talk could be anything which tells you you're not good enough you're not fat enough you're not thin enough you're not fair enough you're not experienced enough you're not hard working enough anything which tells you you know what you're not suitable to do this or you're not capable of doing this i'd say have an imaginary mirror in front of you or go to the mirror walk to the mirror in the restroom look at that mirror and say if this were a magic mirror how would it change things for me and the statement has to be an i am positive statement i am experienced enough to take this through i have enough knowledge to take this through i am beautiful i'm gorgeous the universe has my back everybody wants me to be successful i am successful use the magic mirror to turn those negative self talk to something that can move you forward and it's a practice and some days i search for the little mirror that my daughter put into my bag <laughs> i'm going to go dig into it and look into it and <laughs> i stands for a nighttime routine all of us have a nighttime routine right i mean it's decompressing it's cleansing uh, it's just relaxing so incorporate you know writing down or going over your day during your nighttime routine think about you know what went well for you think about those feelings think about the body scan you did couple of times during the day and see hey you know what my ankle was hurting there or my knee was hurting and now i feel better about it right or it's still there so think about that and finally is emotional vocabulary this is so critical all of us have emotions very few of us can express it as they occur with statistics or data says even though emotional intelligence is so popular and people are aware of it only 36% of people can really talk about their emotions and use the right vocabulary to express it an example is as simple as how are you today not good or bad right instead of i feel frustrated i feel depressed i feel excited i'm stoked so using the right vocabulary in your emotions is really really critical for you know your for the lady who's going through this situation at work being able to give a positive feedback is such a gift because that's where emotional intelligence plays in perfectly you know even if you know that you have a heavy criticism you know that comes or followers um you want to talk about you know what i love the energy that you put into it it was fantastic thank you for coming to the table to even have a discussion i appreciate your time mm-hmm. thank you for showing up you've always been here on time and i appreciate you doing that you work really hard let's look at what the results are saying about that let's see how we can redirect your hard work right that's where you want to start bringing in emotional intelligence don't call it emotional intelligence if your business doesn't want to call it that way right i had that struggle 
um, I stopped calling anything emotional intelligence or anything emotional self-awareness. They would like run under the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So once people start getting comfortable with the idea, once they get comfortable with practice, they will want a term. That's when you introduce self-awareness. That's when you introduce self-regulation. But until then, I'd suggest you give them tips and tricks that they can use to provide feedback, you know, whether whether constructive or positive feedback. I hope that helps. Yeah, no, it it really does. And I think it definitely helps because I think there are times in organizations or certain organizations, I should say, where it's not embraced as much, right? I think other organizations are embracing it. Um, So I definitely don't want to make it sound like it's not embraced. But I think that if we can frame it up in a way that is generally acceptable to people and and helps them express things better, communicate better, and connect better, whether, you know, on teams or in other teams, right? So I think it's it's so beneficial. I couldn't agree 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people know if they have a high EQ or a low EQ, how, how, do they, how do they build that awareness about themselves? Honestly, um, you already know if you are a high EQ or low EQ with a little bit of reflection. So step back and think about how much time in the day or maybe in a week or a month do you spend on yourself? And when I say that, I'm not talking about vanity or, you know, going to the spa. That's absolutely a part of self-awareness. And, you know, if that helps you, yes, do that. But in asking questions like, how did my week go? Was I happy through the week? Did I get done the things that I needed to get done? How do I feel about it? How many connections did I make? How many people did I laugh with? How many people did I engage with? How much, how much of the community did I bring together? If you ask those questions and all your answers are in a place where you feel, oh my goodness, you know, I got so much done and I feel so 100% satisfied, your EQ is high enough. However, if you're in a place of drain and if you feel, nope, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done, I couldn't connect, I don't know why I was angry, I don't know why I was frustrated, there's so much work, I'm exhausted. If your answers are coming from that place, it's definitely a place of low EQ and you need more help. Having said that, there are plenty of assessments available online. It's free, it's available to download, and it will give you a score in all of the four components of emotional intelligence we just talked about. So in both yourself and your social, it'll give you a score. Once you have a score, it'll give you a fair understanding of which component you need to work on or composite you need to work on, and it'll help you build that. I always believe in mentors and coaches, uh, 100%. And I feel that nobody can be successful in this world without a mentor or a coach. Uh, So I highly recommend once you have a score and you really want to improve your emotional intelligence, go seek a coach, go seek a mentor and have somebody experienced walk you through this journey of building your emotional intelligence through. For leaders or anyone who aspires to be a leader or wants to be in that place of building themselves, I highly recommend the EQI 2.0 Emotional Intelligence Assessment, which is only available through a certified emotional intelligence practitioner. What this will do is it will break down every single composite of emotional intelligence, which breaks it down to 16 skills. And this would include problem solving, decision making, stress management, and also skills of your emotional and social well-being. So if you're really interested in taking your your, uh, expertise right there, seek out um, a practitioner and go get your assessment and your briefing done. Yes. And Sabina, I know you're being very humble right now because you are you are certified. I mentioned in the intro, you are certified to um, to give this assessment. And and I know that you're also offering my audience a discount on the assessment. So um, would you care to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So 
I am a certified um, emotional intelligence practitioner. And like I mentioned earlier, my whole interest or reason for doing my certification was being able to show leaders where they stand through the measurements that come through, but also to draw a line between their performance. Places where they are high performing, how does it correlate to emotional intelligence? And places where they really need help and things are not working out, how does that correlate to which skill in the emotional intelligence? So it draws that parallel and it helps people build tools within their performance plan to move on. So I, I, was, I took the certification for that. All audience and listeners going through, uh, wanting to go through the assessment will get a 10% discount on the assessment and the debrief. The debrief is a two-hour debrief where I will break it down for you. And I will also list the areas that you would need to work on and the amount of time that you need to spend working on. Um, if you would care to bring you know, any of the challenges that you experience at your workplace to the session, we can draw a parallel of areas that you need to work on in the work and how it parallels to the emotional intelligence skills and the that we receive on the assessment. Yeah. And what I love about this is you and I have spoken about this. And what I love about it is that there is that business correlation between you know, the assessment shows you the areas where you need to improve and the business results and how that affects it. And so I love that it brings the two together for those people that may be a little skeptical and may think it's a little woo-woo. You know, it really does intersect the, the business and the emotional intelligence piece of it and your leadership and where the gaps are. So I absolutely love it. I highly recommend it. And um, I'm very grateful that you're giving my audience a discount on it because um, it is really, really important. So Sabina, we've talked about, so far we've talked about, you know, what emotional intelligence is, how people can understand where they're at once they understand where they're at. So let's say someone goes through the assessment with you and they find out where their um, opportunities are. How can people develop a stronger emotional intelligence? What are things that they can do? I know you went through kind of some of the action around the acronym, right? Mm -hmm. But what are other things that you suggest where maybe people can develop a stronger emotional intelligence? Live a Hakuna Matata life. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You know, it would be fantastic if we could live a Hakuna Matata life. But honestly, that's not possible, specifically in the world that we are in. If you want to continue building emotional intelligence and get stronger at it, you have to learn to know how to reflect. Mm-hmm. Reflection is a key part of developing emotional intelligence, introspection, and being able to make a note of what what's happening in your own world. When I say that, I'm clearly talking about self-awareness and self-regulation, having answers to the questions of what am I doing here, you know, all about me, to about my relationships. Am I able to reflect and see all of those pieces? So it's really important to reflect. And the second thing is practice. Um, What I, and I'll tell you, I struggled with this, okay? Because I love emotional intelligence. The only fact is because you can learn. It's free of any age limit or time boundaries. So you can learn, you can go practice, and then you get some feedback when you go practice. So you can come back and learn about it but it's an exhausting process because mm-hmm. you, you have to do the work. Nobody's doing it for you. Right. And when you have to do the work on yourself, it's exhausting. So natural tendency is let me put that on the back burner and let me go into what I do on an autopilot. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I spend time 30 minutes in the morning to be able to reflect on myself. But then I have kids who wake up for school. I'm going to be like, oh, no, there's no breakfast. I need to get lunch ready or, you know, homework's not done or, you know, clothes need to be taken off. So you're going into that mode without giving yourself that time for reflection, right? The other thing is also you do it for a couple of days because you're all jazzed and pumped about it. And so you do it for a couple of days and then you lose the practice because life happens, right? But you don't pick up. 
And with emotional intelligence, and I always say it, yes, you know, you don't go to the gym for a week, you'll be sore when you go the next time. That's not what happens with emotional intelligence. You can pick up right where you left it. Mm-hmm. You can pick up and continue doing, you know, what you were doing, whether it is, you know, body scan, whether it is writing down your feelings and being able to talk in the magic mirror. There is no set date and time that it starts here and ends here. You are the master. You are the creator of that plan. And you are the creator of increasing your emotional intelligence. So it's absolutely you know, okay to not have practice and then get back into it. So don't give up on yourself. That's really, really important when you're practicing emotional intelligence. Um, While we're talking about this, you know, I'll also talk about practices that are that are super important. And that starts in your mind, in your head, giving yourself the respect that you would give anyone else, Mm. giving yourself priority that you would give anyone else, giving yourself love that you would give anyone else. You have to have those conversations every single day. And to get better at emotional intelligence, be comfortable having those conversations. It's okay. Yeah, I think you bring up such a good point that I know so many of my listeners struggle with is that really that negative self-talk. First of all, it's the respect that you give to others that so often we don't give to ourselves, the love, right? And the prioritization, you know? And if you're not prioritizing yourself and your emotions and your well-being and your health and your mental health, then your gas tank gets emptied out for sure, for sure. So thank you for sharing all of that. So as we're kind of getting to the end here, a a question, actually, a couple questions I have left do men and women differ in their abilities with emotional intelligence? Absolutely. Um, Men are from Mars and women are from (laughs) Venus, right? I mean, it kind of throws us right there. But the way they differ is, of course, the mindset. Uh, Women are, you know, usually come from a place of giving. So when they're always going from that place of giving, the social skills are always higher with them because they're thinking about the others, they're thinking about pleasing, they're thinking about doing. And so the social skills rank higher for women. The self-skills, that's where they struggle. Well, with the men, they have a higher sense of self. Most, I would say most men have have a higher sense of self. They wouldn't understand the value of self-awareness, but they know that, oh yeah, I do give myself time. I do decompress. You know, I go out for a drink with my friends and that's decompression for me. So, or I take time off and that's decompression for me. So they have that sense of awareness. Socially, they struggle because men are not allowed to express, right? Limiting beliefs that we struggle with. Oh, they don't know what emotion is. And what is he talking? He's getting all woo-woo. Uh, You know, an example is in a sales meeting, if somebody is talking about empathy or compassion and, you know, people will look at him and say, what is wrong with you? That doesn't bring us the money, right? That doesn't pay us the bills. So that's where men struggle. And that is why you would see in certain composites or certain skill sets that they, there's a difference, but from from a perspective of, you know, ranking high on emotional intelligence, when you compare the two, they would be the same. So when you compare both self and social, they would almost be the same. They would just rank differently on each of those composites. Yeah. So, and and I love what you shared and I completely agree with you 100%. Um, you know, just to kind of reiterate is that, you know, women really are better with the empathy and the social skills and the men are better at, Um, self-awareness, confidence, and managing those distressing emotions. I think they handle them much better. The interesting thing is, is in my own research about um, emotional intelligence, the interesting thing is, is as people grow in leadership, so they did a study of leaders across the board at the highest level, the emotional intelligence actually doesn't vary at all between men and women. And the reason why is because the women have honed those self-awareness skills. The men have honed those social skills. And at the top levels, you really have a holistic leader. 
someone who is Mm -hmm. literally bringing all components of uh, emotional intelligence to the workplace. Fantastic. I I simply love that. Uh, With age, you know, it teaches us so much. Um, so you'll, you'll, if you see um, emotional intelligence at with someone who's in their 20s and 30s to someone in their 40s and 50s or somebody who's grown through that ladder, they will come with a whole self. And that's what we call whole self is they'll come with a whole self of both self and social awareness. But thank you for sharing that. That was a very interesting thought that and research that you yeah, shared. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, you know, we'll just end by just talking about where we're at right now in this awkward time in the world, right? So obviously we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we've had racial, social injustice. We've had storms and hurricanes and, uh, you know, climate change. I mean, there's so much going on in 2020. So all of that has a lot of heightened emotions for people. Um, I know, I would say I don't know their names, but my husband's a therapist. So I I know that he's been dealing with a lot of people through phone sessions. Uh, just with, you know, people are um, fighting more in their relationships. They're having, they're struggling at work. And so Sabina, what advice do you have for people around emotional intelligence during these times of heightened emotions? Um. Thank you for asking that question, Natalie. Today, I mean, it's ever more important to start thinking about how does this really matter to me and how can I use it um, just because of the social and global issues that are around, uh, you know, the world. Emotional skill development is, you know, it is the primary platform for our emotional well-being. So, I have just three things to share, you know, during this time. And again, the focus is on self. I call something as emotional cleanse day. You know, can you put that on your calendar? Like I'm going to have an emotional cleanse day, um, which is while you do your home cleaning, your digital cleaning, uh, yard cleaning, you got to cleanse that emotions too. You got to cleanse all that's pent up. And uh, I know people are like, we can't go anywhere. Well, you don't need to. You don't need to go anywhere. Lock your bedroom, put on a face mask or put on music and just stay there. Just be there with yourself. Do your body scan, do your observation about yourself or your day and, you know, do it. I also do something fun with my daughter because we both need emotional cleanse day. Uh, She's almost a teenager now, you know, 12 going on 20. (laughs) I don't know if it's that thing. Uh, but we kind of get at each other uh, throughout the week. So we need that emotional cleanse day. And that's exactly what we do. We uh, put on a face mask, uh, cucumbers on our eyes, and we're turning on meditation music. We're being just being there. We don't talk to each other. That's the rule. You don't talk to each other. You're just, you're being with each other, but you're being with yourself. And then, you know, we'll do a yoga or a stretching. She's a dancer. um, So she teaches me some stretches that I can, you know, take absolutely. Or we color. We love coloring uh, books. And she'll start at one end of the page and I'll start at the other end of the page. And we're just coloring. And colors kind of really take us to a place where we really need to be. So look at what works for you and take that emotional cleanse day. Be honest about talking about it, even at your workplace. You can, you can say, hey, I need to take a day off to just emotionally reset, you know. That leads me into my second, um, you know, thought is the honesty part of it. You got to be honest with yourself. You can't go back to back. You can't go Monday to Friday and then do Saturday, Sunday without taking a break. Or you can't, whatever your work week looks like, maybe it's a Tuesday to Saturday. Maybe it's a Wednesday to Sunday. Like, I don't know. But whatever your work week looks like, make sure you make that place and be honest with yourself. When you're honest with yourself, you're honest with others too. Your friends, your family, they love you to death. And when you tell them, I need some time to decompress, I need an emotional day off, you're, you're setting an example and letting them know that it is okay. It is okay for all of us to do it. We should all be doing it. Go reset or go take the time off to emotionally decompress yourself. And the third thing that I already talked about is don't give up. 
these are stressful times, but they're going to pass. They're not lasting forever. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on others. Anyone you're teaching to. I teach my daughter all the time. I, I work with my husband all the time on this. And they're not um, the ones who are going to take my advice and run. But I have learned to be patient with them. That teaches me to be patient with myself too. So don't give up on yourself or on others while going through this pandemic. And one of the things I'd like to say, even though, you know, I, I, I've, I have a certification in emotional intelligence, I've created programs and I work with, you know, corporates and um, peop other people, I'm not the best. I don't get this right all the time. I have my struggles. My resiliency has helped me overcome my struggles. My commitment to not giving up on this my commitment to going through the cycle of learn, practice, learn, learn, practice, learn kind of really helps me get through this. So I can tell you that this is a continuous process and you're into this for life. So brace up for that, not for the pandemic or not until the situation is over. Sabina, I, I love everything you're sharing because, you know, it's really taking the research and the information and all the science behind emotional intelligence. And it's really putting it into action. And I think that's where sometimes the gap is for people, right? They read the information, but it's like, how do I integrate that into my life? I love your recommendation about doing an emotional cleanse. You know, we do it. We clean out our inbox all the time on our email, right? We take out the trash in the kitchen. We wash the dishes. We clean the house. We do all of these things. But, you know, are we really cleansing our emotional selves? And are we really refreshing that and, and nurturing that for ourselves? So I love that idea of just taking time. In fact, literally this week with one of my private coaching clients, we literally had this exact same conversation um, because she's wanting to take time for herself on Sundays where her family usually goes and does a big family day at her in-laws. And she's really struggling with that. And this really cements the idea of what she really needs is that emotional cleansing for herself and that emotional space for herself. And, you know, I just want to add something, too, because we do a lot of work around this in the Leadership Lab, which is the 12-week group coaching program. Oftentimes when we find ourselves with our emotions and we're either really happy about something or, as you mentioned, we're triggered about something. As you mentioned, I think the first step is just really being aware of that, like what it is, right? And then I think the mm -hmm. underneath layer underneath that is really understanding why. And the mm -hmm. why typically is some sort of personal values are being either honored or violated. Or triggered. Yeah. Yes. And so I just want people to think about that of the next time you do find yourself emotional, there's probably, if you really think about why that happened, there's more than likely some really core value for you that got triggered. Um, I know for me, one of them is fairness. And that's why I've had such actually a hard time around all of the social injustice and everything that's happened. And, um, it's why I've dove into it and I'm reading and I'm learning more and I'm trying to become more educated. But it's hard for me to watch the news. It's really, really hard for me because fairness is such a core value of mine. And it's just mind-blowing to me and perplexing to me that this world isn't fair for everyone. And I know it's not, and, and I know that's the reality of it. But it just really hurts me on such a deep level. And it really triggers me because of that. And so for me to have that awareness of why I'm being triggered is really actually helpful. It doesn't make it necessarily better all the time, but it does give me an awareness of mm -hmm. why it's happening to me. So that is uh, such a critical um, point that you brought out, Natalie, and the whole, you know, fairness being triggered as your core value. Uh, I stopped watching news only because of the 
the high arguments that I've been having with my husband after that on, you know, it's not fair and what's fair and what's not fair. And then I realized that, oh my goodness, I'm having this argument from a very personal, I've personalized it so much and I'm having it from that place. Whereas my husband, he's being very objective about, you know, what he's seeing and what he's hearing. So I love the fact that you, you bring out the core value has been either, you know, violated or it's being honored. And I take it personally. I think all of us, you know, will will take things personally when we go to that level of depth, understanding our, um, you know, emotions. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I love the takeaway of, um, you know, that so many of us have emotions. I mean, I think this is a great way to kind of end the podcast is, you know, so many of us have emotions and we just don't know how to express them. And I love that what you've given the audience today are really some tools to, you know, become aware of their emotions, what to do with those emotions, and really how to live them out and to really nurture and take care of them throughout their lives. So thank you so much, Sabina, for being here today. I really appreciate it. It's been such an exciting conversation and I feel that I've been wanting and waiting to have this and send this message out. Um, one of the last things like I'd like to say is uh, always remember, you cannot pour out of an empty cup. So fill yourself and go out into the world because the world needs healing. Mm. It's been fantastic, Natalie. Thank you so much. Oh, Sabina, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I just really appreciate all of your wisdom and your insight. I'm grateful you were here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.